Hey, this is Derek D. Train E2. Tonight's episode is brought to you by. Cancer is the most common cancer in men ages 15 to 35. Manscaped has partnered with the Testicular Cancer Society to teach you how to check yourself for testicular cancer. First, you'll want to take a warm shower. Second, use both hands to gently roll your little fellas one at a time between your fingers. Checking for lumps, change in size, or any pain. If you feel a soft tube on top or behind your testicles, don't panic. This is the epididymis, and it's totally normal. We recommend checking yourself once a month. And if you do feel any lumps or swelling, then talk to your doctor right away. Hello? So, fellas, make sure you check it and check yourself before you wreck yourself. Share this video to help spread awareness. To the Blue Line Hockey Club, folks, we got another exciting episode of the Blue Line Hockey Club. We got the usual suspects sitting in the house with us tonight. We've got our producer, Patrick Uncle Sullivan. What's up, Patrick? Aloha. And the local nerd on staff, our IT guy, Robbie P. Peters. What's up, Pete? Hey, how you mommy now? And the all-around sports guru, Derek D. Train He too. What's up, D. Train? What's up, Sweeno? And your host of the Blue Line Hockey Club tonight, Mark the Doctor Morley. Oh, Doctor. Hey, fellas, we got a special guest sitting with us tonight. We've got a guy that's uh, played some hockey in our hometown and St. Lawrence University. He's also played in the ECHL, the AHL, the NHL. He's been everywhere in the professional hockey sports leagues. And we have Rich Peverly tonight. What's up, Pavs? Hey, how you doing? Thanks for having me on. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, yeah, thanks for coming. Thanks, yeah, so let's just uh, get into, uh, obviously, you played at St. Lawrence for Joey Mosh. I mean, that was a pretty cool experience up in Kent, New York. A lot of snow, freezing cold, uh, a lot of fun memories up there, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. I, there's just so many. Uh, I don't know where to start. Like, my first year was obviously a, a pretty big transition. It was, uh, you know, uh, we won an ECAC championship. I was lucky enough to play with some phenomenal players like, uh, you know, Eric Anderson, uh, Mike Gillard, Matt DeRosiers. Uh, you know, these guys were, guy went went to have a good, pretty good pro careers and uh, kind of shaped the way I wanted to play the game at St. Lawrence. Obviously, Joe is uh, an enticing figure in the in the Canton in the North Country. It's he's a uh, you know he's a fiery human being. He's uh, wants to win. Um, you know he's a guy that I got a tremendous amount of respect for because uh, you know it was his uh, it was his caring away from the rink that I felt like uh, you know he was the best with and um, you know uh, lucky enough to play for him. He was a great guy. But uh, you know some of my best friends are from St. Lawrence. Uh, played hockey with me there. Unfortunately, the past few, the last few years I was there, we weren't so great. But um, you know, I was lucky enough to play with some pretty good players like uh, John Zyler and TJ Trevelyan and you know Colin Fitzrandolph, and you know they were just great human beings, and we had a ton of fun. Um, you know, Canton can be, uh, especially in the spring, can be a ton of fun. So it was great. <laughs> That's a really short spring that you get when you're up there. <laughs> so yeah, where are you now? Where's home for you now? Uh, I'm back home in Guelph, Ontario. Um, I usually travel quite a bit with my job with the Dallas Stars, but um, you know, ever since this uh, pandemic came about, 
know, I'm uh, I'm locked down here, but uh, it's been great to spend time with family and lucky now the sports are back. It was uh, it was a, a tough time not having any sports uh, for that little bit. Yeah, huge win for Dallas the other night too. Doing well. Yeah, it was just huge, huge. Anytime you can uh, you can get that win, it was big. Yeah, definitely. And we're rooting for, I'm rooting for the uh, stars for sure, just with Tyler Seguin. Um, I, th- I think he played up in, where did he play? He played in the OHL, didn't he? I, I watched him play in Kingston. Um, but anyway. Yeah, he played in Plymouth. Plymouth, yeah, the Whalers. That's right. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, Rich, you know, going, you know, not being uh, drafted in the NHL and uh, making your way up uh, through the East Coast, then the AHL, I actually watched you play in Portland. I lived in Portland, Maine for a little bit, watched you play with the Pirates. Um, but talk to us about that. And, uh, you know, you made it to the pinnacle, right? You got to hoist the Stanley Cup. But what was that like, you know, working your way all the way up uh, um, to the NHL? And, you know, most players kind of fade out and just say, you know, this isn't for me. But you stuck with it. And, yeah, like I said, you hoisted the Stanley Cup. You know, it was. Uh, I don't want to bore you guys with the long detail of my <laughs> career, but uh, it was. Uh, it, I had an interesting couple few years. Like, I went to uh, Toronto Maple Leafs uh, rookie camp out of college, and it was a lockout year. So that year, I went to Toronto's rookie camp in Montreal. Uh, we won the tournament. I led the tournament scoring, but you know to get a contract was pretty tough at that time because, you know, during that lockout year, 0405, every NHL team was allowed to, to send down, you know, anyone that they wanted to basically to go play in the minors. So, you know, some teams had uh, 10, 11 players, the St. John's Maple Leafs who I was trying out for had about eight or nine. So the, uh, the, the kind of fall down effect that went to the East Coast League that year, you know, I, I decided to go play at South Carolina, and we had some pretty good players. Ended up, you know, playing um, in the AHL the next year. But uh, you know, for myself that year, we had Alex Burroughs was playing in Columbia, and myself I was playing in South Carolina. Matt Hendricks was playing in Florida. So you know, there were some pretty good players that ended up uh, playing in the East Coast League that year. And um, the next year, I had to start in the East Coast League again. And uh, I'm lucky that um, you know I started well. Uh, Ray Shiro, former St. Lawrence Saint, uh, gave me a shot with Nashville and when Milwaukee's um, farm, Nashville's farm system in Milwaukee, and you know I took advantage of an opportunity. We had, uh, you know, we had some great players on that team, and when I finally got to that team, I said to myself, you know, uh, I'm not that I'm not that far. So, um, you know, I, I played with players that were really close, and sorry about that. Uh, you're out with some players up. that were really, uh, really close, and uh, you know it was a it was a time where um, you know I got a chance, and I was lucky enough to get an opportunity. Nice. So, Rich, when that, when you finally got to uh, win that cup with Boston, uh, um, tell us uh, how that was, and uh, what'd you do with the Stanley Cup? Everyone gets it for a day, so. Uh, did you take it back home? What did you do? Yeah, I took it back home. I, you know, uh, I was offered to bring it to Canton, but uh, you know that I'm, as much as that was an important part time in my life, you know, there was my parents and my wife's sure. parents, and 
you know, some pretty important people that helped me when I was younger and in the summers. And I wanted to get back to, to Guelph and, uh, you know, share it with the people that kind of helped me. Yeah, you could have had a, eat, eating a pizza roll out of it with some ranch. <laughs> actually, yeah, that's funny. You know, you know what? Actually, the next year, um, I was playing in Boston. The St. Lawrence uh, honored me with kind of a, a night on a Friday night, and I was lucky enough that we were playing in Toronto the next night. And I flew up to Ottawa and drove into St. Lawrence and uh, and did like a special thing there, uh, like a rally before for the game and watched a little bit of the game and I drove to Toronto, but uh, I'm lucky the Bruins let me go just to have that experience. Yeah. The old, yeah. The old pizza roll. Pizza rolls are, are worldwide. <laughs> oh. Yeah, Frankie's been, uh, was always uh, there at the right time. <laughs> Four in the morning. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It didn't taste as good during the day. It had to be pretty drunk, man. <laughs> Shit. After Dollar Blues, everyone's at uh, Sergi's Frank's, Frank's everyone's Frank's best friend at uh, After Blues for sure. <laughs> that isn't that the truth? But you know what, Frankie was. But I went. Back, I've been going going back to St. Lawrence a little bit, and I've and I always stop in to say hi to Frankie. And uh, you know, he's a he's a great man, and. Uh, you know, great person, and you know we're lucky that uh, I was lucky to get to know him. To be honest, because uh, we've kept in touch. Nice guy. Yeah, yeah. the same Frank we know. <laughs> that is. Yeah, uh, there's usually like a there's usually like a trail of uh, ranch uh, containers, pizza rolls, all the way from like Sergi's to St. Lawrence. Oh, there's like a trail. We can find you guys. We can we can figure out where everybody lives just by following the trail. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know what? Uh, you know what? Maybe, maybe the locals maybe had a little bit more fun than I did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my my wife actually w- went to school with you. Her name's uh, Megan Martin. She said to say hello. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember her. Yep. Very much. The uh, well, let's get into a little bit of a. You know, obviously, uh, you're with Dallas now, and. Um, you know, you had a stint with they were Dallas. I think you probably played the most games in a season with Dallas until um, you had your heart incident on the bench. You want to, I mean, talk about that a little bit. What was that like? Obviously, we saw it on TV and that kind of shit. But what was that experience? Pretty crazy. Uh, yeah, it was a it was a trying year. I'd say I got traded from Boston, and um, you know, I, I really enjoyed my time in Boston. Uh, obviously, winning and then going to a cup again in thirteen. Um, you know, it was a big transition, but uh, I was lucky that uh, they were nice enough uh, to be supportive when I was kind of going through some times, and they've been supportive ever since. And they're uh, it's a great bunch of a uh, bunch of human beings that work at that work with the Dallas Stars, and I'm lucky that uh, you know I've been able to to be a part of the organization after after my playing days. So yeah. Rich, when you, uh, what was it, Jay Bowmeister, uh, he collapsed on the bench just uh, recently. Uh, what was kind of running through your head when you saw that? And, uh, um, you know, I know he's back in it. What uh, what, what was your decision just to finally uh, hang the skates up and uh, um, start working uh, in the NHL, you know, in the front office? Well, you know, for, for Jay, I, I, don't, I don't like to comment too much on what, you know, he's been through and everyone's situation is a little bit different, although they might seem similar to the outside outside world. It's, 
you know, when I saw it, obviously you, you just hope for the best for the person and for the family. And then, um, you know, I've reached out, but, uh, I'm sure he's going through his own, his own emotions and struggles to figure out what he wants to do next. And that's kind of what, you know, what I had to do. I had to go through that process and he's going through it right now. So, um, you know, for myself, it was about, you know, your family and, uh, you look at your age and your career and what you've achieved. And, uh, you know, if I was younger and single, maybe it would have been a bit, bit, bit of a different story, but, uh, you know, I was happy with the career that I had. And, uh, at the same time, I wanted to be able to transition into a role at the management level. And I was given that opportunity and I really didn't want to turn it down because it's something that I've always wanted, even when I was playing. So, um, I think that's the main reason why, uh, one of the main reasons why I decided to, to kind of stop playing. And, you know, there's always risk involved and you just got to manage that risk and do what's best for sure. you and your family. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, Rich, you've been doing good things with um, Pep for Text. I mean, I've been in that situation. I went to UMass, played lacrosse there, and uh, my freshman year, one of my teammates got hit with a shot uh, in practice. And it was kind of pretty, it was pretty far from the athletic facilities. By the time they got the the uh, defibrillator from the facility all the way out to the field, um, you know, it was too late. So uh, I know that you've been instrumental in Guelph about getting defibrillators for um, for teams to have like on site and stuff like that. And that's a huge thing. I mean, obviously I saw it firsthand, could have saved my friend's life. Um, you know, how is uh, Pevs Protects going? It seems like you guys are doing pretty well. Yeah, it's been going well. And I think the first few years it was, um, you know, we were trying to figure out what we wanted to do. Um, you know, there's other organizations throughout Ontario, throughout Canada and the United States that, you know, you try to raise money for. But uh, now, you know, I think that there's so much, uh, we want to get so much education. I think, you know, getting defibrillators is really important and it's really kind of um, really changed in, in my neck of the woods where there is a, a lot more defibrillators in buildings and workplaces. But now it's just about getting the education out there to people about how to use them, how to do CPR. And uh, that's that's kind of been the main goal. And I, I think, you know, even moving forward, I think there's, uh, you know, for, we, we've advocated it here in Ontario is, is getting uh, AED training into, into the curriculum in high school. I think that's a, it's a great uh, tool to have for uh, people kind of growing and getting into their uh, adult years. And, you know, it's a, it's, a, it's a life skill. You can save someone's life. So uh, I think that's something that uh, we're going to continue to advocate. Nice, man. Yeah, yeah. It's a no-brainer to have those around all sports facilities. And what you're doing, uh, Rich, is a great idea. And I can't believe, you know, you know, a lot more people aren't doing that. But, Rich, one more question before we let you go. And uh, um, I know we touched on it a little bit earlier, but uh, um, I wanted you to elaborate a little bit more on just what did you do the day with the Stanley Cup? You know, obviously us four guys played hockey. It's everyone's, every kid's dream um, to win the Stanley Cup. But uh, um, I'm, I'm a little more interested. Like, what else did you do with the Cup? You know, like, uh, tell us some of the details on the day. Uh, you know, it was, uh, I, I didn't do anything extravagant. It was more about enjoying it with family and friends. I think, uh, my family and, uh, my wife's family came to the house early in the morning. Uh, I had a little bit of time alone with it. And then, 
Uh, we went to the arena here in Guelph where the OHL team plays and opened it up to the city of anyone who wanted to come take pictures and uh, do nice. meet and greet. And then um, after that, we had a party uh, at uh, a local golf course and just kind of enjoyed it with uh, as many friends and family and teammates and ex-teammates that I, that I could bring. And uh, I'm lucky enough that uh, so many people came and we got to really enjoy the night. It was, uh, they cut you off at, they cut you off at about 12 because, uh, <laughs> the cup keeper's gotta, gotta get in the car and drive to wherever he's going next. So he was, uh, 12, uh, 11 59. He was reaching for it. So, you know, he was, he, they were great. They were great. It was, uh, I'm sure by 11 59, uh, whoever has it doesn't want to get rid of it. It, is, it can be a little aggressive, but no, it was great. It was fun. It, it was uh, it was a lot of fun, and uh, you know, maybe one day again, you'll be I'll be able to host it. How he said that'd be great. Yeah, Pebs, have you been able to get up and see the renovation of Appleton at all? Or yeah, actually, um, you know, I was before all this uh, pandemic came about. I um, my family and I, we came down. I made, uh, I really made a, an effort to get there for the, for the opening a, a weekend uh, against Clarkson. Um, you know, we got there on the Friday. We watched, uh, watched the women's game on the Friday night and watched the women's game again on the Saturday and the men's game and got the tour of the facilities. Uh, you know, I have to say, I think Wellesley won the jackpot on that one because uh, the women's, the women's side definitely got a got a lot more space than the men. So uh, <laughs> Title maybe, nine. That, maybe that's the local part in, in Wellesley. He did a great job advocating that. But uh, there you go. No, it was great. There was so many guys. Like I think um, my my year, the year that we won uh, in 2001, and then the year of 2000, uh, but they won the year before I got there. Uh, there was uh, probably about 20 guys there from that from those teams. So. Nice. Uh, everybody really, really made an effort, and um, you know Tony Macy was obviously there because he's just a coach now with Clarkson, and uh, you know I got to see Matt DeRozier's a little bit now because I've been over to Clarkson a few times. So, um, you know, it's always great seeing guys, and you know, I, right when I got back, I, you know, I had I had so much fun. We were at the Hootal both nights, and um, <laughs> I remember I, I was I was texting Fitzy right away, and I said, Fitzy, I know you're in South Africa, but uh, you got to make way for one of these next time. So, yeah, he he would he would he would love it. He, yeah, Fitzy and I we were roommates. Uh, he's yeah. a great man, and uh, obviously his family is phenomenal. So, uh, great can nights right there. So, great people. <laughs> Yes, sir. We you know, Brad, you know the no- – oh, go ahead, Rob. No, go ahead, Rob. We almost crossed paths uh, in, in Egypt. Fitzy. Oh, no way. Yeah, yeah. with Fitzy. Yeah. He's all over the fucking place, huh? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he's an international man of mystery. Yeah. <laughs> Chugging beers. Yeah, yeah. Rich, you, Rich, you know uh, Brett Brecky at all, and what do you think about the future there for, for St. Lawrence? Obviously, he's got a, you know, I don't know him personally, but he's got a, a phenomenal uh, career at the college ranks. He's obviously coached at some big schools at Miami and uh, yeah. and Cornell. So, you know, it, it's going to take him, I think, a few years to, to climb out of where they're at. But that's, um, you know, if you look at some of the other ECAC schools that have put renovations in or built new arenas, I think that, you know, that's a big sticking point for uh, recruiting. So, you know, if, if, 
You know, it, it, I, I think the St. Lawrence family is a, a really important piece of recruiting, and hopefully we can get some good kids in there and, um, you know, uh, be, you know, nationally recognized again because, uh, you know, it's such a special place. It's such a special place to play. So, um, you know, hopefully, hopefully they can turn it around there. And if they ever need my help, I'd be happy to help. That's for sure. Nice. You know, come on back. Come on back. Well, thanks for coming on, Rich, taking some time out of your day. I know you're busy with work and your family and, uh, you know, sharing some of your stories with us. It's been great. And, uh, you know, we'll, we'll be rooting for Dallas here in the next couple of weeks. I like where your head's at. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for coming on, Rich. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, no problem. Thank you very much, guys. Have a good night. Yeah, take care. Take care, you too. All right, boys. Rich Peverly joining the Blue Liners tonight. Good to have Rich on. Obviously, he knows some of our friends played uh, in our hometown at St. Lawrence with roomed with one of our buddies from high school, Colin Fitzrandolph. Um, cool to hear his story. Obviously, he traveled through the ranks, like Pat said, ECHL. I mean, when we talk about the ECHL, man, that's it's a big difference than uh, playing in the show. So, I mean, that was uh, some drive, <laughs> determination to get out of the ECHL to AHL and working his way up uh, to finally playing in the show. Um, actually, you know, doing pretty well until he, um, you know, had his heart episode on the bench. He's had 62 games in with Dallas that year. Um, you know, so unfortunate situations, health, health situations ended his career, but now he's uh, been able to keep it going. And I think that's like we talk about the ultimate goal, you know, to these guys, to, as players, you can't play forever. So if you can p work in the front office in the NHL, I mean, it's got to be uh, a lot more fun than what I do every day. Yeah, I mean, he's the, he's the epitome of a hockey player um, working his way um, up the ranks in the uh, um, hockey career. Like I said, he went to St. Lawrence, not a big powerhouse school in college, collegiate hockey, but still up there. It's Division One. Didn't get drafted in the NHL. Um, like he said, uh, I touched on it a little bit, got uh, East Coast tryout uh, with Toronto, um, made his way up, then he went to the Portland Pirates, um, then he went back to the East Coast and back to the AHL and eventually um, up with uh, Boston Bruins. But, uh, yeah, he, uh, he made his way and uh, hoisted the cup up. Uh, not too many players can say that they uh, – yeah. East, East Coast is tough, man. It is fighting. It's tough. Like when if you play your first couple stints in the East Coast Hockey League, you're like, all right, is this for me or should I get a job? <laughs> yeah, you talk about all the guys that are still waiting to do that. You know, some of these veterans like Joe Thornton, right? Like how many seasons has he played? He's 40 years old, still hasn't hoisted the cup. I mean, there's a numerous um, guys we could talk about in that same situation um, where he was fortunate enough to be on a team um, in Winnicott. Yeah, I mean, his last year, Mark, you said he got 62 games with Dallas before that incident on the bench, and he ended up with 30 points, so seven goals, 23 assists. So let's say Rich, Rich decided that he wanted to play the next year. I mean, or he could be playing today um, and putting pucks in the net. So who knows? Uh, but now he's in the front office, player development yeah, I was just, the Dallas Stars. I was just thinking, you know, watching and, and going through his videos, you know, he, he fell in the lap of Jamie Benn. Uh, yeah. Jamie Benn is playing in the, the, you know, playing against the Flames, who, you know, I'm pulling for. They're, they're in a battle right now. Um, 
but uh, Dallas is up three two on the Flames. But um, you captain know, of the seeing, fighter, yeah. Seeing Jamie Ben playing reminds me that you know Rich Peverly could very well still be playing with him. For sure, yeah. boys. Well, we got a lot of uh, playoff hockey to talk about. We'll start with the East Coast. Uh, you know, a lot going on over there. Obviously, you know, I was watching the Capitals game last night. Uh, they were just on fire, man. They 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 were down 2-0 in the first period, and I was like, this is, you know, get the broom out. Let's sweep these fuckers out of here. And then in the second period, man, they just came on. The fucking Ovi effect came on. I, I was telling you guys about how he took the one-timer, hit the goalie square in the fucking mask. Not even a minute later, gets another opportunity, same spot, one-timer, snipes. And, like, that goalie's eyes were closed for sure. It knocked all the buckles right off his helmet. They had to stop the game, buckle his helmet back up, and then he ended up scoring, <laughs> scoring again um, for the game winner. Knocked so, the buckles right off his fucking helmet. Oh, blasted him! What only one timer square in the fucking mug? Uh, but the Capitals in general were were all over him. It looked like how did the Islanders even win a game against this team? So it'll yeah. be interesting to see what Trotz does um, coming back into the the next game. Three uh, one Islanders. The, if the Capitals can keep that fire like they had last night, they have a chance to come back. Yeah, I think the Capitals, man, like the fact that they were able to to hang in there, I thought it was going to be swept too, to be honest with you. Um, but, you know, the fact that the Capitals hung on, you got as much talent on that team as they have. It's like kind of like that one team. It's kind of like uh, that one team where it's like you couldn't get rid of them. Now they got that taste in their mouth again. Uh, they got a little bit of momentum going. This is a team that you could see come back, you know what I mean, and, and even up the series and even take it. But I'm still going to stick with the Islanders in that series. Um, yeah. I think they're just like I said before in the last podcast, they're kind of like a lunch pail team uh, that brings it every day. You know, you know, they got the Capitals got the best of them in the last game. But I don't think uh, I don't think they can come back from that deficit. But you're right, Mark. They were all over them in that game. Yeah. 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 I, 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 go ahead. I need a cold one. <laughs> well, I was just going to say, you know, Kovalchuk, who's nets off. Oh, my God, I'm blanking on friggin' uh, Ovechkin, um, Wilson. They, they've got the numbers, and they're down um, They're down 3-1. For them to come back on, I, I thought it was, you know, it was pretty impressive, actually. It, I heard the after uh, interview and Kuznetsov said that we stopped playing the systems. We started being creative and, and doing our own things. I mean, I'm I'm paraphrasing, obviously, but um, I, I thought it was interesting that they, you know, he said that I stopped playing how the coach was telling us, and I started playing myself. Did you see his goal, Kuznetsov goal? Yeah. The goal he scored, the way he tucked it into the back of the 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 far side like that, you know, it was like nobody, he was playing against the, the kid. Hmm. I, w- I was just going to say, I think after, you know, a few podcasts ago, after the Islanders uh, beat the Capitals that in game two, I kind of said that's a wake-up call for the uh, um, Capitals and they're going to come around and, and eventually win this series. But I'll tell you what, the Islanders, um, they're a sleeper, right? I can't believe, but like what you guys said, Derek and Mark, that they were all over them, you know, in game four, which they were. I just, and they could turn it on. They might win another game, but there's no way 
they're going to win three games in a row. Um, the Islanders are walking away with that. Series. I, I don't think. Don't, then, I don't think they can tip the Islanders back over. I don't think no. so. No. Yeah, unless we have another uh, Columbus Blue Jackets Tampa Bay Lightning series where. Yeah, that's true, Mark. It happens, right? Well, I mean, I guess it's a little bit different, but I mean, what happened to the Blue Jackets, man? Um, losing in overtime today, 5 4. Um, they're done. I mean, their- I, what's Byington? I mean, someone looked that up. Has he won a game yet in these playoffs? I mean, he went from him. a. Yeah, he went from a Vesna trophy winner to. Uh, not winning a playoff uh, uh, game this year. They're two, four, and one right now. Yeah, so I, I don't know. I, there's been a lot of people talking that you know Jordan was a little overrated. He won the cup, got got a hot hand. He got the you know pocket aces. Well, I mean, listen, playoffs. we, we talk know. about this all the time, right? It's a little bit of luck, always. It's a little bit yeah. of luck, timing, right? Bounces. These guys all have – they're full of skills somehow, some way. Right? Byington fell into the starting role, and he got on a roll and, and, and finished the season yeah. on fire. They won the Stanley Cup. That's not the right? luck of the cards. But yeah. to win it over again, that's a different hand, right? Yeah, definitely. It's a different hand. And then you have the, the pause. You have the reset, you know, the qualifying rounds where everybody's fighting to get in. And now we're in this, you know, this fight where Vegas jumps out to the, you know, Vegas was the first one out of this uh, conference or divisional uh, round, right? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Now we have Tampa Bay moving on, um, which is a surprise. Which, I mean, I guess it surprised us because we were kind of pulling for the Columbus Blue Jackets, but obviously they were supposed to win it last year. So how much of a surprise is it? Um, But they won in overtime today, uh, 5-4. Yeah, uh, a lot of overtime, so it's just it seems yeah, that, like, that's like all overtimes. Yep. Yeah. Some endurance there. Uh, the Hurricanes Bruins series, obviously, uh, that's been one we've been watching pretty close. Two one right now. It's two one Boston. In third. Boston. Pasternak's back in playing. He was kind of questionable leading into this game, but he's back. What was that? What was he up for? I, I didn't really. I haven't been paying attention that much. Unfit to play was what your injury was. So I don't know if it was a concussion or what. I mean, what else would be unfit to play? I was going to text Sweeney and ask him what it was. I didn't get a chance. I'll text him later. Sweeno. Sweeno. Shout out to Sweeno. Yeah, and the, the Avalanche, obviously, they're they're up on the Oats right now, 2 nothing to look to close that series. So, I mean, I think the Avs are obviously going to win that series, even if they yeah. – Seven to one, stomping the other night. Did you see that? Um, I I know Arizona's got. I mean, on on paper, they're pretty good. Uh, Rick Tockett and the boys. If they lose this series, the whole. uh, I know they got their GM left. um, uh, Went somewhere else, and uh, you know it's kind of disbobbled. But what I'm trying to say is, they need to get organized. If they lose this series. They definitely need to go back to the drawing board because the picks um, that they got down see, there, can, they got hockey. I can answer the other side of that. I'll shut up right now, but I let me answer the other side. No, I'm just saying that, uh, yes, Colorado is the, one of the best teams, and most of us favored them, and they had a, 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 a uphill battle playing in this series, but um, they should be doing a little bit better than 7-1. That's all I'm saying on paper. That's all I was going to say. Go ahead. <laughs> 
Uh, the first thing I'll say is yes, Colorado is better than Arizona. Yes, that, I agree. They they drew a tough, a very 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 tough team. A lot of us, you know, saw uh, Colorado going to the the finals at least, if not one. Top, top, yeah. Arizona, what I'll say about Arizona is, you know, I've seen positive signs there. You know, Taylor Hall was a big question to me, you know, and he's put some points on the board. You know, he's fighting. He's showing signs of life. Those are all positives. The fact that Arizona, you know, they fought and scratched their way in through the qualifying round and they lost to a, a really, really good Colorado team, you know, I don't think it's anything to light your hair on fire for. You go back and you go back and you take a look and say, okay, well, damn, you know, we lost to Colorado who may even win the Stanley Cup. Okay, how do we not do that next year? Speaking of fighting, uh, you said, did you guys see McKinnon fought Kristen Fisher and gave him, threw him around like a rag doll? Did you see that? I thought more yeah, of yeah. Sure. I thought Fisher, he uh, cross checked him in the face too. I, I, you know, McKinnon seems to be a very reserved guy. So when, when yeah. that bomb goes off, you know, explosions are happening. Yeah, but he <laughs> just fire, gave up. Like Fisher, like just gave up and let him throw him around. Like there's no way ever, even when I'm 64 years old and a young kid grabs onto me, I'm not just gonna let him toss me around. Like, I know, but you doing? say that, right? But what happened was <laughs> is he grabbed him when Fisher, you know, wasn't exactly ready to be grabbed. Oh, here we he go. got him. And <laughs> well, well try at least. He didn't even try. He didn't dig his skates in or didn't, you know. Yeah, it's a different he story. Just, he, he ragdolled him. There's no question. He was, you know, flopping him around like a little. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, the, the Yotes definitely had a, a – a tough hand there with the avalanche and you know, the flyers, in my opinion, got dealt an easy hand uh, with the Canadians. Not that the Canadians aren't a good team, but probably yeah, one of the, the lesser quality teams in the, in the playoffs right now. Listen, still alive. listen man, though, how bad do you got to feel for Carey price? I mean, the guy is probably one of the best goaltenders in the league, right? He gets besides yeah. game, besides game two, right? Where the Canadians won and they got five fucking goals, right? Five they goals, don't fucking yeah. score goals. They don't score at all. I mean, no. you look at the rest of them. I mean, he's yeah. Hart's got two shutouts. I think Flyers are just pitching they shutouts. One goal in four games. There you go. Besides that one game where they where they spouted out with five. You know what I mean? So like, Carey Price is probably yeah six. Sorry, six six goals. Yeah, unreal. Five of them five. came in one game. Five of them came in one yeah. game. You know what I mean, yeah. so like, Carey Price is probably like covered in ice packets. You know what I mean? Like. <laughs> Walking into the hotel in the bubble that they're in, it's just I I feel bad for him, and because it's like he's like one of those amazing talents that's just stuck on a team right now that just you know not supporting him from a goal standpoint, and he's just having to stop rubber all night long. And um, the Canadians, you got Max Domi too. I I feel like the Max Domi's been kind of uh, handcuffed a bit because his style of play is like you know kind of get nasty, kind of you know you got to accept some penalty minutes for him, you know, once in a while. And I think the coaching yeah. staff has kind of tried to like curtail that where, you know, and because of that, he's not contributing like scoring goals and stuff like that. So um, I think they got to take the handcuffs off him and accept that there's going to be some penalty minutes once in a while. But I, I feel like uh, I just yeah. feel terrible for Carey Price. Cause I mean, he guys playing lights out and he's just not getting any goal support. 
Yeah, I'm with you, Hitu, on Ty Domi. I, I think you're 100% right that the coaching staff is kind of putting handcuffs on him. But I mean, Max. Who? Max, yeah. And But who's his father? Ty, right? Look at yeah. his mentality, right? <laughs> yeah. I mean, so yeah. he, you, can't just, you can't just put cap that kind of uh, uh, style of play on a player. I mean, he's a Matthew Kachuk. He's a Brady Kachuk kind of yeah. player. And yep. yes, and if if you know I was the GM of the Montreal Canadiens, I'd be like you know um, you know come on Max, let's kind of calm this down a little bit. I, we need you to put the pucks in the net, and he and he's got to say yeah yeah okay I will I will. But on the ice, a whole different there's ball a, game. It's tough. Right, there's a balance, right? He's he's yeah. trying to create space by using his body so that you know the people around him can can score some goals. It's a tough yeah. balance because you are going to eat some penalties yeah. when you do that. You're going to make some mistakes, and it is what it is. So you have to deal with it. Philly, no doubt, is going to walk away with that series. Young team. Montreal's a young team. They, they, they never stood a chance, really. And, and Philadelphia, you know, I, I, wrote, down, I wrote down four teams, um, you know, when I was getting ready for tonight, and Philadelphia was the second one. Um, Vegas jumped out. They're, they were the first ones to clear the, you know, Chicago off the board. Um, the Flyers are have, have won the second most, six most games. So six, one, and all. Oh. Wow. Yeah, they're, they ended the season before the pause on fire, right? They had the most wins by any NHL team. So. Yeah, yeah. Well, the uh, Islanders. Looks like they picked it up. Yeah, the Islanders are six, two, and all. So you know they're they're on fire as well. They're the the third team and the fourth team is Colorado. They're five one and one. You know, again, those are the teams that have jumped out yeah. right away, and those are the teams that we've all said at some point. You know, keep your eye on them. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, nice win for the Lightning. We'll get to see uh, Bogosian go further into the playoffs. Um, you know, nice to see. Uh, to a local guy like that, getting some success after they threw, a, they threw a nice plug for Messina, New York. Did you guys hear that? Zach no, I didn't hear it. From Messina, New York. Yeah, let's go. Cool. Yeah, Pierre Maguire knows him pretty well. So, yeah, Bogo deserves it, man. He deserves it. Yeah. He, after all the yeah. penalties, after, penalties, after all the injuries he's endured, uh, he deserves this, man. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, don't even get me started, Derek, you know, because he, he should be doing what we're watching for Buffalo. He should be putting that effort. <laughs> on the Sabres organization. They sent him to the A. They, they, they sent him down to the holiday, the Red Roof Inn, riding the bus. <laughs> Definitely been done wrong. Definitely been done wrong. He was done wrong, and I, like I said, I'm very glad that he's doing well. I, I'm, I'm very happy that he's doing well. I'm rooting for Zach Bogosian in the playoffs now. Tampa has moved up to a priority for me because of Zach, but I'm just saying – Fuck whatever was going on in Buffalo. There we go. Mark, I just wanted to plug a little bit about Dale Howard. Chuck passed away today fighting a, um, a battle with cancer. Uh, yeah. Dale was one, one of the top uh, um, NHL players. Um, you Hall know, of Famer. Hall of Famer when we were kids. Uh, 16 seasons. Uh, member of the Winnipeg Jets, Sabres, Blues, Flyers. Actually won the Calder uh, Trophy as a league's rookie of the year in 1982. I think Derek was 15 then. Um, 
<laughs> so he was selected first overall in 1981, um, the year Derek graduated high school. And in uh, <laughs> in that in that draft class, you know, you had Ron Francis, Grant Fear, Chris Chelio. So big, big uh, uh, NHL group of guys that year. He got into the uh, uh, Hall of Fame, and um, yeah, it sucks that. Uh, um, he passed away today yeah. due to cancer. Stomach cancer. Terrible. Cancer sucks, yeah. You know, yeah, but I think he was, he was a thousand game guy. He's, I think he was a thousand point guy. Yeah. Um, I mean, he was Hall of Famer. Yeah. Yeah. Significant player in the NHL during all-time his career. Original, all time original Jets scorer. Yeah. I remember in Buffalo, he, he, he played with like the McGillney and uh, yeah. a bunch of the other Chucks. Um, we got a you like this, Pete. During the 1990 NHL entry draft, 1990 NHL draft, Howard Chuck was involved in a blockbuster trade along with Winnipeg's first round choice, 14th overall, Brad May. We all know Brad May. Um, yep. He was dealt to the Buffalo Sabres in exchange for it. Now, listen to who uh, uh, Buffalo, Phil Housley, Scott Arnail. Jeff Parker and a first round pick, which was Keith Kerchuk. So, uh, <laughs> the Chucky Buffalo, they make those good decisions. Not Dale's a Hall of Famer, don't get me wrong, but the, the amount of players and a first round draft pick, which is another uh, Hall of Famer, Keith Kerchuk. Um, Buff- I saw that earlier today and I was like, I got to read that out loud. That's just another. <laughs> You like, want to go somewhere not to win a Stanley Cup? You head right to Buffalo. They'll yep. do it. Our players go to die. Hey, the um, <laughs> I think uh, Dale was a coach in Barry or something, right? Wasn't he? Yeah, I, yeah. Recently, it was just right up there, uh, um, close to us, where we're all born and raised. Uh, up in was it Barry, Ontario? He was coaching. I believe so. I'm not 100 percent sure there, Mike. I saw that come across the ticker last night when I was watching. Yeah, yeah, Barry Colts, uh, he's been there since 2010 and there until, uh, you know, recently that he passed away. But, yeah, he served as the head coach for the Colts. Yeah, so it definitely sucks for the Colts, too. I'm sure those guys were uh, pretty close to him as a head coach. It's uh, oh, I bet. for them up in Barry. I bet. Well, I bet. well we got the, um, the Canucks and the Blues tonight at 10.30. Uh, 2-2 series there, so see what happens with goaltending. Obviously, we watched the Canucks quite a bit when they were playing Minnesota at, like, fucking 4 in the morning. But, um, you know, the Canucks are still hanging strong. They got a pretty good team. Um, I think I like them in that series. I think they come up – I think the Blues might be uh, done. Yeah. I think their goalie situation is too shaky. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I'm not staying up anymore to watch those late-night games a while out, but uh, – um, I, I don't know what to say there, and I don't even want to predict, but uh, I'm with you. The goalie situation in St. Louis is, I mean, it just dropped off a cliff. I don't know what, what else to well, say. Well, I, I feel bad because, again, it comes back to this question of, is it a goal? Is this uh, Jordan Bennington's fault? Yes. Or is it the St. Louis Blues? I mean, where's where's Ryan O'Reilly in this conversation? Where's Tarasenko? In this conversation, yeah, Angelo, where where are these guys in this conversation, right? Um, they they lost the game too. It, it's not just uh, Jordan Bennington. 
who's in that. And if he's my starting goalie, the, the next time I go to drop the fucking puck, the, the kid is between the pipes for me. Sorry, th- those are the guys that I came with this year. And Jordan Bennington is, is it. And if they're losing the game, they're losing the game together. There we go. And so uh, Carolina well, is looking at elimination here. In you guys, is this a odd um, theory on how to play the game uh, of hockey or what? No, we're just lighting our hair on fire. We're just walking your knots. <laughs> um, last thing before we leave, guys, uh, we'll cut it off here. This might get a little lengthy, especially with Robbie um, drinking beers. Um, <laughs> what, what do you guys think about Tuka Rask uh, leaving the Bruins? Uh, I'll go first since I brought it up. I think it's just outrageous. I think oh, uh, um, there's a lot of old – we're old school guys here on the podcast, so I think – you know, we uh, would, you know, live and breathe, take, you know, cross checks to the net to win for the team. Um, I just don't think, you know, I don't know his situation. And, I mean, all I all I got to say is I know he has enough money. If, if it's kids that, you know, he's got young kids, he has enough money to fly his mother, his aunt, his mother-in-law, his sister-in-law, hire three nannies to help his wife out. He went into the bubble knowing that he's going to have to be there X amount and potentially, you know, this long to win the cup. He went in there and then now you're saying, well, my wife's having a hard time. And it's like, well, fucking hire an Annie then. I don't know what to tell you. Let's win this cup. Well, and it's, what does that give, what does that say to other players, not just for the Boston Bruins, for other teams that are, playing in this weird Stanley Cup playoff series, that just that little bit kind of, I think, news that, you know, went viral around the NHL and all the players that are still in the bubble, it kind of said, made them say, yeah, what the fuck am I doing here? It kind of spoiled it. That's what I was saying. Right. Yeah, like, yeah I mean, I'm, go ahead, you do. No, I was going to say, I mean, from, uh, I'll take, take, take the other side of that, you know, like, I, I completely see where you're coming from, Pat. And I mean, probably all of us would still be playing hockey right now. You know what I mean? And not even taking a second guess about it. But uh, from the second, from the other standpoint, I guess if he does have little kids, I mean, you don't get that time back, you know, and it is a long yeah. time. These guys have been away from their family for a long oh. time, you know, like, you know, 30, 40, 40 days, something like that. You know, if you got a little, if you got a little one at home, it's been 40 days, you know, you come back and they're like a different human being, you know what I mean? So, um, not being able to see at all your family, I guess I can see that standpoint where like you start contemplating, like, is this worth it? You know, I've made a lot of money in my career. I've had a lot of success in my career. Like, um, I'd rather just be sitting at home with my family and, and yeah. watching my kids grow up. So, um, yeah, I get it. I don't, without knowing the specifics of why the hell he's gone, um, you can't, I guess we can't divulge into it too much, but I, yeah. I definitely hear you, Pat, from the other standpoint, kids grow so quickly and things change so fast. Uh, you you can kind of understand why somebody doesn't want to miss that stuff, but yeah. Yeah. And I'll touch on it quickly. Uh, unless it was something that where somebody's going to die within the next month or something, 
And I don't agree with it. So, you know, well, the guy I took, which died, you, what would you give to leave for four months? <laughs> what the fuck, man? You know, I got to deal with four screaming kids around here. I need some fucking bubbles. Or <laughs> pay someone to leave for four months. <laughs> you know, so like how many days off did they have? Like four fucking months? That wasn't enough time to figure shit out. So Good point. Right, we gave you four months off and then you come into a bubble for three weeks and you need to leave, which is fucking you know, bullshit, new age kid type stuff that's happening exactly. in hockey. Okay. And, yeah. you know, there are how many people out there that wouldn't trade shoes with him to be in his situation playing for a Stanley Cup on a team that possibly has a really good chance of winning the Cup, not just uh, playing they for a team. Yeah, I mean, they're, with that. they're three, six minutes left to, and they're going to win this series if the Canes don't don't score. So how many guys out there that have given their left nut to play hockey their whole life, never made it to where he's at. And people get complacent in where they are and they don't understand, they don't understand how lucky they are to be in his situation, how lucky he is to play in the playoffs and this, and uh, be a starting goal in the NHL. Exactly. There's only 32, you know, teams in this league and there's 64 goalies in the world that are playing. Right. So, I don't know. I, I, I think he's being kind of a dick. Uh, his teammates, he's fucking them. He's fucking the organization. You know, everybody in the Bruins organization has had it with him. So I think he yeah. probably goes to, uh, you know, another team t- next year. Really good points, Mark. Really good points, actually. That's yeah, a, that's really well said. Like, I, you know, I was thinking kind of in the moment, you know, I didn't, I didn't think about all that time off they had beforehand. Um, help, you know, privileged and blessed he is to be where he's sitting you know what i mean and uh that's that's a really good point man really well said well and then we have social media now you can facetime i know it's not the same thing the touching and kissing and then we all have small kids we know how that is even as big grizzly stinky men but still you <laughs> you went you went into you were inside this bubble with your team you know your family i, I just keep resorting back like to uh Let's say us four guys are, you know, back in a hunting camp and we're um, uh, lost, but a helicopter comes by and with a rope, and I grab onto it and tell them to leave, and I leave you guys stranded. Like, there's no way I would leave people stranded, especially, I don't know, it's just weird to me. And I know we had Andy Bogan a few episodes ago, one of the top goalies in uh, Boston for years, um, early late 80s, early 90s. And he put a mask up of the three top goalies on Twitter, uh, goalie mask um, in the Boston Bruins history. And he said, I know um, if it was us back then, we'd be there for you at Boston Bruins. So uh, I'm old school like him. And uh, I, I just, I, I think it's ridiculous. I'm with you, Mark. Yeah. I think that Pete. Mark, I, you know, I, I, I don't have anything to add. I, I think you hit the, the nail on the head for me as well. Um, I, I, I think that you, you signed up to go into a bubble and without truly knowing why he left the bubble, I'm yeah. going to leave it at, I think it's bullshit that, you know, you're leaving your team. Um, and after that, you know, it's up to the team to figure out, you know, how they want to deal with that. Um, the, the guys that are they're staying are moving forward. Like Pat said, they have a great chance of winning the Stanley Cup. Um, so it does not make any sense to me. Um, even with his example 
or I think for what I heard him say, you know, you know it, it doesn't feel like the Stanley Cup because there's no fans in the stands. You know, boo fucking who? I don't, I don't want to hear it. I don't want to hear it, you know. I'll play. In, in many ways, he's, he's playing for the rest of us because we're stuck at home, yeah. you know. For, yeah. for that alone, you know. Yeah, but he's probably only, like, they get paid every two weeks in the NHL. He's probably only getting, like, seven, 800000 every two weeks. Well, set, setting I mean, all that's, of that that's stuff aside, you're a professional athlete. You've committed to a team that is competing for the, the best, you know, best cup on the, uh, the best championship, the hardest cup to win. Um, so, you know, I, I just, I don't my have very my much. Knees hurt. I'm home. <laughs> I, don't, I yeah. don't have much forgiveness there. I'm, I'm yeah. sorry. Unless it's, you know, somebody's on their deathbed, you know, if he doesn't go home, they're going to die. Yeah. I understand that 100%. Within, within reason, yeah. of, of yeah. course. I mean, if that's the case, then I'll, I'll eat all my words. Um, but the other part yeah. of it is everybody's replaceable, and Halak has replaced them, right? So if you think you're better than somebody and then you're going to be just taking right – you're gonna take, you know, we're gonna take him, take you right back next uh, season. You're, you're fucking crazy. Everybody's replaceable, and once you forget that, that's when you start to lose your edge. Well, and I, I think I'll that's how quick, Tim Thomas on that, left. On that note, Mark, like Deion Sanders put out a tweet where he talked about in the NFL players that are opting out right now. You know, they're opting out of the play of the season because some of them, yeah. some of them for very legitimate reasons. But Dion Dion said something very poignant to exactly what you just said. He said, you guys that are all opting out, do not forget this is a business. Every single one of you, the, the first of all, the league is bigger than any one of you could ever dream to be. And it's a business. And the moment you leave, someone's going to take your, take your place yeah. and never look back. You know, I'm paraphrasing, but I mean... It's it's what have you done for me lately in all these leagues, right? So and there's yeah. always somebody waiting right behind you in the wings that can take your spot. Young, this is not nothing's guaranteed, nothing's given. You got to show up and work every single day. And these guys that are leaving and opting out, they might never see the field again. You never, I mean, they really might. I mean, they really might never see the field or the ice ever again. You know, so yeah. it's just uh, like when, just like when somebody gets hurt, you know, um, and you gotta get hurt and you come back and you lose your spot. Um, Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers, I mean, the, the different situation. Uh, Drew Bledsoe, uh, Tom Brady, you know, th- those guys didn't think they were, you know, replaceable, but Aaron Rodgers turned out to be awesome. Uh, Tom Brady turned out to be way better than Drew Bledsoe. You know, so yep. when these guys think they're bigger than the game is when they, they lose yeah, their edge, exactly. for sure. And with right. touching on the touching on this real quick, guys, the NHL I think has really nailed it with this whole bubble system that they have because he, I saw even today that the NFL is considering like a bubble for when they get to the playoffs, taking all the teams that make it to the playoffs, putting them in the same kind of bubble. So, you know, hats off to the NHL for you know pioneering a you know decision and a setup that's now going to be taken you know and spun off for different leagues. So. Uh, they've they've done a hell of a job, man, and it, they they haven't had to shut down. They haven't had to quit playing games. They're just rolling along, and that's uh, goes to speak about hockey people in general. Uh, in the game itself, it's the best thing in yeah, the world, man. For sure. And I just want to say, did you guys hear about the Philadelphia 76ers and their basketball team? No. Some uh, some some stripper came out and said that she uh, had fun with eight guys in one uh, hotel room uh, down in the bubble and. Pictures yeah. and everything to prove it. So nice. Yikes. 
Yikes. <laughs> Shit. I knew we should have <laughs> On that note, see ya. On that note, boys, uh, another good podcast with uh, Rich Peverly. Um, getting right into these playoffs. We're going to have a couple teams eliminated, it looks like, today. Uh, the Hurricanes being one of them in 50 seconds. And the uh, Avalanche over the Coyotes, 3-0. That's, so that's going to be another one that's gone. And then uh, if the Flyers win tonight, we're only going to have one team, eh, a couple teams left as far as this round goes. So uh, another good podcast, boys. And let's just give a shout-out to um, – Something that's really helped us here at the Blue Line Hockey Club. Uh, we're really getting sick of Rob's hairy nuts. And so Manscaped sent us some nice uh, lawnmowers, and he's finally got trimmed up. And I think he might even get laid this year. So wow. big, I'm big, for tonight, baby. <laughs> debatable. Debatable. Big <laughs> shout out. I'll, and text, you know, I'll text you later. Great yeah. podcast, great product. Uh, I held out on my escaping until I got mine, and there was shit flying everywhere. So <laughs> if you haven't picked one up yet, get on manscaped.com and, and grab one of on board. Yeah, I had, a, love them. I had a spike corn in my bus, but uh, <laughs> um, I, I just want to say we got some good podcasts coming up. We got Ron Wosky, which who was the uh, trainer of the New York Islanders. Um, we're hoping that we can do a surprise uh, guest with Clark Gillies coming on. Uh, but Ron was uh, um, the trainer for the New York Islanders when they won all the cups. So we got him coming on. Uh, we got some uh, Rob Blake from the uh, GM of the, uh, 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 the LA Kings and uh, a few other players. We got Dave Taylor possibly uh, looking to, he keeps texting me wanting to come on. Um, he's in the uh, St. Louis Blues organization. <laughs> So we got a lot of good podcasts coming up. Even David Quinn's trying to get on. So follow us, boys. I'm going to say quickly, uh, you know, we want to give a quick shout out as well to some our our podcast. Branded Bills. We want to thank Branded Bills for the custom hats they gave us. We haven't done that in a little while, but thank you. The hats are dynamite. Uh, Second string water. Second String Leather Company, um, you know, that gear is phenomenal. If you like hockey stuff, you know, it's authentic leather. You can't, you can't beat it. Let's get um, the at the top. Ultimate Hockey Fan Caves, our new friends out in Vancouver. What's up, fellas? Um, just a, a quick shout out there. Uh, I've got your that gear. That is the Blake What the fuck? I'm sending, um, I'm sending some stuff via Santa. To, uh, to Vancouver from uh, the East Coast, uh, uh, USA. Nice. What more do you think I got to do, guys, to get Bush Light to sponsor? I mean, I how, much more this Bush Bush Latte. how much more can I drink? Come Bush on. Latte. I uh, the, the last, there's two more I just want to say real quick. Uh, you got to give uh, Aloha to Belfort Spirits. Yeah. And, Why don't um, they sponsor us? What the fuck? Last but definitely not least, uh, the Clark Gillies Foundation. What's up, Clark Gillies Foundation? We just wanted to give a shout out to a hearty bunch of guys out there. (laughs) All right, you motherfuckers. Until next time, keep your stick on the ice. See ya. We don't. Oh, doctor. Keep your head up.